Blog Talk Radio. Try it with two microphones. I don't know how it's going to work. We'll see. We shall see. All right. Take your red book. Let's stand together. Let's turn to 118. 118. In the sweet by and by. There's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way To prepare us a dwelling place there In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore We shall sing on that beautiful shore The melodious songs of the blessed And our spirit shall sorrow no more Not a sigh for the blessing of rest In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. To our bountiful Father above, we will offer the tribute of praise for the glorious gift of His love and the blessings that hallow our days. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Well, amen. It's good to be in church with you this morning. Amen. The sun's shining. It's a pretty day outside. Amen. A little cold, but it's a pretty day. Amen. Uh, when I was growing up, there was a, a local radio station, and there was a lady by the name of Gladys Martin Oglesby. And every morning she'd hit a bell, and she'd say, This is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. And that's what we're going to do today. This is the day the Lord has made. Amen. And it's good to be in the Lord's house, and I trust you are all right and everything's okay with you. Are there any prayer requests this morning? We know, I know we got prayer requests. We got, everybody's got something going on they need prayer for. Okay, we'll certainly keep Becky in prayer. Uh, keep praying for Joanne. Get keep getting well. Okay. All right. Let's remember to pray for the Wood family in, in Bogota. Uh, the 
Woods family that owns a funeral home over there, both of their twin daughters who are around my age are both passed away in the last month, month and a half. Yeah. Yeah, one of them died in her sleep, and the other one, I don't know what happened to her. But, huh? Julianne had COVID. Goodness gracious. They, that's just amazing. They both died so close together, and they're so young. But anyway, and the father passed away just right about a year ago. So pray for that family. Um, any other prayer requests? Huh? Okay. Going to admit her because her pneumonia has gotten worse. Okay. All right. And she's had it like 15 days, like a long time. Mm. She's traveling back and forth along the way every other day. Right. She gets checked out. She's admitting her today. Okay. All right. Lance said Bubba's getting better. Says she's still coughing something. Well, praise God. Bubba come here to her. out of my head um, we want to pray for our nation let's keep praying for our country pray for our president pray for our military pray for the leaders in there that are that, that want to do right pray for God to raise up a, another generation who will who will uh, take freedom and liberty to heart and not and not count it as a thing that we can just give away and it don't matter you know John Quincy Adams I think it was said Freedom, uh, liberty once lost is lost forever. You got to hang on to it. So pray again. Pray for our country. Pray that God intervenes in our country. Um, anything else this morning? Yes, Miss Charlotte. I didn't see you back here, sister. I was thinking you weren't even here. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Amen. We sure will. We sure will. Um, I was going to say something, and and I oh yeah, uh, this this last week I just a couple times on my way to town, I just I, I made a little Facebook live video just just trying just talk. I know there's people out there that are worried about what's going on in our nation, and they don't know what to do, they don't know where to turn. And I just tried to give a couple of little short encouraging messages about keeping your eyes on the Lord and praying, and and uh, I had just a flood of responses. And uh, just one of those videos, I, it was shared over uh, it was shared over 500 times, and uh, you know, and there and I had some responses from some people I hadn't heard from in a long, long time, saying, you know, I really need to get back in church, and I really like the way you preach, and I'm really thinking about coming. So there's some people who are debating whether or not to come over here. So please be in prayer for them. Uh, you know, the devil will do everything he can to keep them from actually coming. Once they come and they say it's oh, this is a nice place to come to church, they'll be fine. But you know how it is when you ain't been somewhere. So pray for them that they'll be encouraged to come on. And uh, one of them's a guy who used to come on. He's from Clarksville, but he used to come to Paris over there. Uh, but anyway, anything else before we pray? Well, let's pray for God's power on the message, God's power in, the pre- in, our, in our, his presence in our life, and pray that God does a work in our hearts today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Brother Robert, lead us in prayer.
is love. I love to tell the story because I know tis true. It satisfies my longing as nothing else can do. I love to tell the story Twill be my theme in glory To tell the old, old story Of Jesus and his love I love to tell the story More wonderful it seems Than all the golden fancies Of all our golden dreams I love to tell the story It did so much for me And that is just the reason I tell it now to thee I love to tell the story Twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Sing the last. I love to tell the story for those who know it best. Seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And when in scenes of glory I sing the new, new song. Twill be the old, old story that I have loved so long. I love to tell the story. Twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story. Of Jesus and his love. 342. 342. I gave my life for thee. I gave my life for thee. My precious blood I shed That thou might ransom be And quicken from the dead I gave, I gave my life for thee What hast thou given for me? I gave, I gave my life for thee What hast thou given for me? My Father's house of light, my glory circle throne. I left for earthly night, for wandering sad and lone. I left, I left it all for thee, what hast thou left for me? I left, I left it all for thee. Hast thou left aught for me? I suffered much for thee, more than thy tongue can tell. Of bitterest agony to rescue thee from hell. 
I've borne, I've borne it all for thee. What hast thou borne for me? I've borne, I've borne it all for thee. What hast thou borne for me? And I have brought to thee down from my home above salvation full and free my pardon and my love i bring i bring rich gifts to thee what hast thou brought to me i bring i bring rich gifts to thee what hast thou brought to me Amen. <clears throat> but I was thinking to myself, I'm fix I'm about to sing and I'm gonna play my guitar and I thought to myself, you know, I ain't even thought about tuning that thing. <laughs> so we're gonna see what we got when we strum it here. <clears throat> but I was thinking about a song that a friend of mine years ago wrote about revival. I don't know if I've sang it here or not, but I know, boy, we sure need revival in America. We need revival everywhere. I mean, we're 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 hanging on. We're just hanging on, and uh, the churches in America are just hanging on by a thread. We don't have the power of God like we used to. We need the power of God. We need revival. So y'all, y'all bear with me just a second. We're gonna make sure this thing sounds right before we start. But I, my heart is burdened for my, for America. I think I know yours is too. But it's it's, we can't just sit back and expect it to just change. We have got to pray. We've got to cry out to God. That's what God responds to. God responds to prayer when his people get broken enough. Bring the lost 
the phone. We tell the world that we're a Christian and most of heaven as our home. We sing, oh, how I love the Savior. But down inside, we're cold as stone. Oh, Lord, please send down holy power and light a fire down in our soul. Revive our heart. Give us a burden to bring the lost into the fold. Lost, dying souls are all around us. They're headed for their destiny. If we don't pray and seek to win them, the lake of fire their home will be. Oh, Lord, please send down holy powers and light a fire. Revive our hearts, give us a burden to bring the lost into the fold, to bring the lost into the fold. Amen. Yeah, brother, Larry Brown from Hope, Arkansas wrote that one. Years ago Amen Take your Bible this morning I want you to turn with me to John chapter 18 John chapter 18 We're going to start there in verse 28 John chapter 18 In verse 28 John 18 28th verse I'm going to tell you that, that, that in the narrative of this story, there's a piece that I'm not going to preach on, okay? And it's the simple fact of Judas's suicide. I see no sense in bringing any glory to that. We know what happened. When he realized what he had done, he sought repentance but couldn't find none. He went out and hung himself. And the Bible says that he fell headlong and his his Basically, his, he he must have hit the rocks when he fell and split him open, and his insides were gushed out. And that's what the Bible says. That's all we that's all we we know about it. And uh, you know, that's that's good enough. Uh, but anyway, I don't want to dwell on him this morning. Amen. I want to get to the Lord Jesus, and so we're going to look here this morning. We're going to read these verses in just a second. As soon as I pull my stuff up here, all right. And we're going to read, and then we're going to pray. John 18, verses 28 through 38. Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment, and it was early. And they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. 
Pilate then went and y'all realize why that was? This was a this was a Gentile place. And they if they went in amongst the Gentiles, they'd have been unclean, they couldn't eat the Passover. So just want to make sure you understood that, okay? All right, verse twenty nine. Then then went out unto them, Pilate went went out unto them and said, What accusation bring ye against this man? They answered and said unto him, If he were not a male factor or a criminal, we would not have delivered him up to thee. They couldn't answer, really. You see that? They really didn't have an answer. Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It's not lawful for us to put any man to death that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Here's a prophecy fulfilled. The Jews were not going to kill Jesus. The Jews would have never crucified Jesus. That's Roman punishment. So this prophecy signifying his death is fulfilled. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priest have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should be not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we come before your throne, and Lord, we want to hear from you today, Father. We want to hear from you. Pour out your Holy Spirit here among us. Stir up the gift of God within us. Lord, make us spirit-filled listeners today as we hear the Word of God preached. Father, I pray you put your hand on me, Lord, and fill me with your Holy Ghost. Give me power. Give me unction. Lord, I pray, Father, you use me, Lord, beyond myself. Father, I pray that, Lord, I'll be an instrument in your hand. You do with me as you will. And, Lord, we'll be careful to give you all the praise and the glory, Lord, because I realize there's nothing good in me but you. There's nothing any good that I've ever come up with that you didn't give me. Oh, Lord, I need you now. Jesus, please, I need you. Please breathe on me, Holy Ghost of God. Breathe on every one of us, those who are listening in. I pray, Lord, for the salvation of souls somewhere today. Lord, as a result of this message, what is truth? So many people, Lord, are searching for it blindly in this world, and they look everywhere but the Word of God. I pray, Father, you help us this morning to look at our Savior and see he is the truth. Lord, I love you so much. Thank you this morning for these people that have gathered together. Thank you for this precious church. Lord, I pray your hand of protection be upon us. And Lord, we do 
We repent on behalf of our nation and we pray for our nation. We pray for our president who claims to know your son, Father. We pray, Lord, Father, for those who have who give a confession, Lord, of faith. Lord, all we know is their profession. But, Father, we pray, Lord, for all those, Lord, that, that are crying out across this nation, Lord, for a rescue. Lord God, we pray you send what we ask for. We ask it in Jesus' name. Meet with us now. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. You know, Paul makes a statement in 1 Timothy 6.13, and here's what he says. He says, I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. That's what Paul said about Jesus before Pilate, that he witnessed a good confession. So what did, what did, what did, what did he mean by that? He, Jesus gave a good confession. Well, well, as to the manner of his confession, he gave a good confession. The Lord was always honest and truthful. The Lord never tried to deceive anybody. He was very truthful with Pilate. And also another thing I see about Jesus, he was very gentle before Pilate. He didn't offer any resistance. He didn't put on any big show. He was cautious with his words as to not incite Pilate to anger. But he was very uncompromising too. He was very direct. And he was very courageous. Understand that Pilate was a powerful man. He held the Lord's the decision of regarding the Lord's sentence in his hand. But also realize that Jesus was not intimidated by Pilate in the least. Jesus was not intimidated nor affected by the sneers that Pilate made at him. You can't read it and see it in the text necessarily, but it's there. It has to be there. It was a good confession as to the manner, but it was also a good confession as to the matter, M-A-T-T-E-R. Jesus said very little, but he said everything that was necessary. He stood up for his own rights. You may, you may not see that there, but I see it there, and I'll show you where I see it. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. My king, he's, he's saying, and, he, he, and when, he, when he says, makes a statement in verse 34, say it's this thing that I sell, or somebody else tell it. He, he, he's questioning him. You know, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was standing for for the truth, and he stood for his rights as well. And at the same time, he declared his kingdom one of this world. Nor was his kingdom to be kept by force. Now, Pilate had some muscle. Pilate, Pilate, again, life or death in his hand. Pilate was also a bully too. I mean, he he was trying to intimidate Jesus with his speech. And we're going to face bullies in life, folks. You're going to face bullies as a Christian. You're going to have, you're going to, if you hadn't already, you're going to run across somebody someday who ain't going to like you because you're a believer. I've had a plenty of them. I've had people that hated my guts because of my faith and my standing. They tried to make my life absolutely miserable on jobs and different things of that nature. I've had some, I had some in church over there in Paris years ago who tried to make my life miserable. Just, I guess they just didn't like me. I don't know, but but you're going to face those. Sometimes you have people like that. Sometimes you have pilots in your family. You know, they try to be a big shot and lord over people and 
and, and sometimes you run into them, in, like I said, on the job. Sometimes you even have them in your church. So every now and then, some, we're going to run across somebody and have to deal with a pilot. But I pray to God we'll be a true witness like the Lord was when we deal with our pilot, that we won't show them our flesh, but we'll deal with truth and righteousness. So let's look at the sermon this morning. I, want, I got five points this morning, and let's get to them. Number one, I want you to notice that our Lord did claim to be a king here. The question, though, was thrown at him half-heartedly. Pilate, I, I know Pilate came in and he saw Jesus there, and he, and he, he, I guarantee you, he leaned back, probably leaned back against the post, and he said, "Art thou the King of the Jews?" I mean, <laughs> I think it was a little hard for him to take in that that's what you know. Are you the King of the Jews? But Jesus responded accordingly, calm and completely in control of the situation. I, I like what he said. Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Did you come up with this on your own, or did somebody else whisper this in your ear? That's what Jesus, it was kind of, he kind of gave him back what he gave him. You see that? <laughs> Are you the king of Jesus? Well, did somebody tell you this? Jesus dealt with him. I mean, Jesus wasn't, he wasn't overly sarcastic, but I hint a little bit, I noticed a little hint of sarcasm in his response. And of course, what Pilate said, well, am I a Jew? You know? He said, your own country, your own nation, your own religious leaders, they sent you to me. What in the world have you done? I just didn't, he didn't, he didn't really understand what was going on. This had all been thrown in his lap. But the Lord's answer was completely serious. And the question might have been half-hearted, but the answer was completely serious. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that, it, that I should not be delivered unto the Jews. They'd stand up and fight for me. He said, but now, listen, my kingdom is not from hence. It, I'm not, my kingdom's not this world right now. Our Lord, he claimed to be a king, but his claim was made without a big show. He didn't come in. I mean, the Lord didn't come in there strutting around. I'm a king. You know, look at me. I'm a king. That, that ain't how Jesus appeared. He, he, didn't, he didn't come in there with, with a desire to be an earthly king. He didn't come in there trying to take over. I mean, you got to understand, there were times along the way in the last few weeks before this that if he'd have said, I'm the king, somebody found a crown put on his head. They were ready to crown him king. But he hadn't come this time to rule from an earthly throne. Oh, no. But now, when no good can come of it at all to Jesus by saying it, when it won't bring him anything but taunting and mockery rather than honor, now he speaks out plainly and he lets them know, yeah, I'm a king. I want you to look at how clear he declares this. There wasn't no mistaking it whatsoever. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. When the time had come for the truth to be told, the Lord's not shy about telling the truth. Not at all. And there's a, and by the way, there's a time to keep your mouth shut, and there's a time to speak. The Bible tells us that in Ecclesiastes 3.7. It says there's a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak. You know, there's some of us who, who, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. <laughs> 
There's a time when 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 you got to keep your mouth shut. You know, Bible says Jesus said, "Be ye wise as serpents and harmless as doves." Know the time to strike, and the rest of the time you just appear as harmless as you can be. Amen. We're, we're to be careful. We're to take. We're, to, we're 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 moving. We're moving about in enemy territory. We don't need to move independent of the Lord. We don't need to do something that the Lord hasn't led us to do, or give us or give us assurance that He's in it. In with us. We don't need to try. So many people have launched out just without it and got knocked completely flat by the devil because they weren't going in the Lord's power. They were going in their own strength. Though they had the right intentions, every time, every time, every opportunity is not a good time to holler. Every opportunity is not a time to try to. to you have to choose your, your your moments. You have to choose them right. You have to let the Lord guide you in that. The third thing I see about this that he claimed to be a king is how ridiculous it must have sounded to Pilate. Think about that. Jesus more than likely stood there with swollen black eyes. He had just been in Caiaphas' hall where they put the bag over his head and they smacked him across his face and said, prophesy unto us which one hit you. Tell us who, who did it. They they probably blacked his eyes. More than likely, he probably had busted lips, a broken nose. He had already been on his face in the dust in the garden that night, sweating drops of blood that had caked all over his face, probably blood from his nose and blood from his lips and, and covered in blood and dirt and sweat and dirty clothes standing there bound before Pilate. He really looked like a king, didn't he? No, he looked tired and sad. Didn't look like a king at all. So here's Pilate looking at this. This guy claims to be a king. Has an absolute backwards from the way things ought to look. To human eyes anyway. Yet the earth never saw a truer king in it, ever. It's him standing there that day. None of the Pharaohs, none of the Caesars was that sovereign as he was, or he is. Men couldn't see it with their carnal eyes, but with the spiritual eyes, it's very, very clear to see. He's Lord. It don't make no difference how they saw him. He's the king. It don't make no difference what his appearance was. Like I said, those with spiritual eyes could see it clearly. It didn't make any difference what the outside appearance looked like. But you know what? Today in this world we live in today, he's not seen as Lord today either by many even though he is. Not seen as Lord anymore today as he was among his own nation 2,000 years ago. His own church doesn't proclaim him like, he sh like we should. We don't praise him near as loud as we should. We don't give him the glory we should. If we don't give him the glory we should, why in the world would anybody else pay attention? But let me say to you, one of these days, everybody's going to know it. One of these days, everybody's going to acknowledge it. One of these days, every knee is going to bow, and every tongue is going to confess then that he is Lord, even though he wasn't recognized there in that courtyard that day. The second thing I want to share with you on this is that Jesus declared that this kingdom is his main object in life. He told Pilate that. He said, Thou sayest that I'm a king, but to this end was I born. This is why I came. This is why I'm here. For this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. 
Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. He's always been the Lord of everything. Always. Amen. He's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. But to be king through the power of the truth, he had to be born in our likeness. He had to come. He had to, he had to die. You know, it, it, seemed, it would seem kind of unnatural that a ruler should have absolutely nothing in common with the people that he rules over. That's not the case with Jesus. We have a high priest, and he, he's been touched with every manner of temptation like as we are, yet without sin. He walked on this same dust that we walk on. He felt the same pains of this world. He, he dealt with sin, but he did it righteously. Oh, he's got more in common with us than every king ever had over our subjects. He came to this world to be born in our likeness that he might be able to save his people. You have to have subjects in a kingdom if you're going to be a king. you got to have somebody to rule over. But everybody, everybody he would have ruled over would have perished because of their sin if he hadn't come to this world and been born to save our souls. Our king came to save his people, amen? Uh, he, he, it's his main object in life. Truth never demonstrates such power as when it walks on two legs. Yes, on the page it has power, but when you demonstrate that power on the page in shoe leather, it speaks much louder. Amen? It's not enough just to quote Scripture. We are to live it as well. You understand? I can see it when you're living it. it, it it's real when you're living it. If nobody backs up what's on the page, the page is just words. Christ came to live in us that he might live through us. Spoken truth, you can speak truth, but it can be censored. As we've seen here in the last two or three uh, weeks, they, they, they can censor your truth. They can, they can shout down your truth. But when you act it out in your life, it becomes the omnipotent power of God for all to see. When God works through you and demonstrates what the Scripture says, God shouts a, a holy amen from heaven when we walk according to the Scripture, and it becomes a powerful witness before the world. Now, you re again, there stands before Pilate 100% truth. Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Powerful. He stood there, but just understood, understand what, what, what mercy, what restraint he had. Here's the creator of all the universe being stared at narrowly by some, by some pagan Roman governor. Narrow eyes looking at Jesus with judgment and contempt. And with one word, he could erase it all. But yet he stood there meekly. Before him. He said in that text that I quoted for you, Thou sayest I'm a king, this end was I born. For this cause came I into the world. For this cause, what? To bring truth, to save mankind, to bring truth, to, to save us from the, from the error of our way, to save us from sin. It came out of the agape love of the heart of God Almighty that he might set up his kingdom 
by unveiling mysteries that have been hid from the foundation of the world. God has done such a great thing here. God has done such an awesome work in our world and our lives. And he deserves more credit and more glory than he gets. Jesus came for one reason, and that was to die so that men might know the truth, so that men might have the truth, so that men might have the truth living in them. Again, I said it came out of the agape love, out of the heart of the of the Father, and 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 not only that, he came, he came, he came, it came from the heart of the Father, but it also he came out of a modest little carpenter shop at the same time. Came out of obscurity, just a little old carpenter shop, and he had to retire from that. He had to leave carpentry. He had to leave obscurity. He had to come forth to do battle for his throne if he was to be a king. He had to come out and speak. He had to come forth. He didn't come forth because he wanted popularity. And everybody said, oh, look at that. That's Jesus. He's a great, great, great guy. No, he, he, he wanted people to hear and believe the truth. And he still wants people today to hear and believe the truth. But we've got to speak the truth, you see. He came and he spoke it so that he might set up his kingdom. It was necessary he should come out into the world and teach or the truth wouldn't have been known. And his kingdom couldn't operate without the truth being known. And you wonder why our world's such a mess today? It's because believers aren't teaching and telling the truth. And when truth is not told and truth is not spread, guess what does spread like wildfire? Lies. And our world's covered in a blanket of lies today because God's people have not told the truth loud enough. I said, number one, he claimed to be a king. Number two, he said it was his main object in life. Number three, he revealed the nature of his royal power. Thou sayest, I'm a king, to this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Now, he's careful when he, I said he was careful when he talked to Pilate. He didn't want Pilate to think he was trying to lead a revolution. He didn't want him to get that idea. When he said his kingdom was truth and that it was established by bearing witness to the truth, Pilate didn't understand what he was saying. That went right over Pilate's head. The Bible tells us that a natural man receiveth not the things of God. Neither can he know them, for they're spiritually discerned. And Pilate was as lost as a lost man could be. He didn't understand what Jesus was trying to say. But he wasn't mis- Jesus didn't mislead him in one bit. He told him the truth. Our Lord, he, he, tells, he tells us that truth is the identifying characteristic of his kingdom. How do you know about my kingdom? Because it's all about the truth. And that he rules over men's hearts through the truth. God doesn't deal with fairy tales. God doesn't believe, uh, deal with make-believe. God deals with facts. God deals with realities. God doesn't deal with emotions either, by the way. God doesn't deal in emotions. It's not about how you feel about something. It's about the truth. He deals with eternal realities. Amen? People t- today, it's all about, well, I feel like this, and I feel, don't hurt my feelings. It ain't about your feelings. Amen? It's about what God says, whether you like it or whether you don't. Amen? If you don't like it, hey, it's like somebody said, if it's rubbing you the wrong way, then turn around so we can rub you the right way. Amen? 
the nature of his royal power. He has power over his people, not because of temples or statues or symbols or objects, but he is the very substance of truth. How does Jesus keep loyal followers? How does, how does he keep them? Not through intimidation, but because he reveals the substance of truth. He reveals truth to us. Grace and truth come by Jesus Christ alone. We wouldn't know grace if it weren't for the Lord Jesus Christ. We wouldn't know truth if it weren't for the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the substance of truth. The third thing I would say about that, about his, his nature of his royal power, that this power, it lies in the fact that he brings forth undiluted truth. There's not any error mixed into what Christ teaches. We know these things, but it's good to hear it. I mean, thank God. God's, God's teaching is no combination of, of God's truth and man's ideas. When you have that, you wind up with Catholicism. When you have that, you wind up with Mormonism. When you have that, you wind up with Jehovah's Witness. When you have that, you wind up with just about any other kind of chocolamamie cult you want to come up in this world because they didn't like this, this, and this, so they took this, 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 and that, and they put their ideas in its place. Y'all ever heard of the Queen James Bible? Y'all never heard of the Queen James? It was put out by homosexuals that don't like those eight verses in the Bible that condemn homosexuality. So they took the King James text and they changed those verses so that it doesn't offend homosexuals anymore. And they put a rainbow cross on the front and it's called the Queen James Bible. See, they just changed the parts they didn't like. They left the rest of it King James, but they only changed the parts relating to homosexuality and they called it Queen. It's not the same, is it? Things that are different are not the same. We learned that in Sesame Street, didn't we? One of these things is not like the other. One of these, y'all know that song, right? Things that are different are not the same. You, It's either God's word, whole, whole 100%, and nothing more, nothing added, nothing taken away. We know there's a curse tied to that if you take anything away or add anything to to begin with. But when, when we, God's word is undiluted and pure. And I want it pure. I don't want anybody messing around with, with the truth. Amen? We've got to preach the truth. We've got to lift up the truth. We've got to tell the truth. See, once the Holy Spirit teaches you to love truth, you desire truth. You say, man, I want more and more truth. I, I've been told a lot of lies. I want to find out what the truth is about everything. I, I don't want no more lies in my life. I just want truth. You'll surrender your soul to the truth. You'll surrender your soul to the royal sovereignty of God's holy truth, and it'll make you free, and it sanctifies you. It separates you from the world, and you are free because you know the truth. Jesus taught us that our worship of him must be true. Our worship of him must be real, spiritual truth from the heart, or or it's not worth anything. If it's not real, it must be genuine. God doesn't want us to put on a religious show. God doesn't want us to come in here and pretend to be holy and sanctimonious and all. No, God wants us to genuinely seek his face and say, Lord, I need you. I'm a mess without you. I need you every moment of every day. Jesus taught that being a religious phony is not something you want to do. 
You remember the man that beat his chest, and he, he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, while the other guy stood up there and made a big show and said, oh, Lord, I'm glad that I'm not like this here publican. God don't want that. He rebuked hypocrites. Christ not only came to teach us the truth, but he gives hearts a fierce desire for truth. It's almost like a fire that he lights down inside of you. I mean, you burn for it. I want truth, amen, and everything I want truth. And that truth, that quest for truth, it guides our hearts into fullness of peace and joy because when you know the truth, you say, whew, thank God I know the truth. I mean, I, 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 I found the truth, hallelujah. There's no more error. There's no more confusion. After you spent time with Jesus, haven't you ever felt that just his presence just being with him in his presence and, 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 and spending time with him. Don't you ever come away from there feeling clean and separated from this world? Like, I don't even understand how this world can live without what I have had right here these last few moments, this precious time I've had with my Lord. How can this world not want to be right here? How can this world not want what I have found in Christ? How can it not? He'll set you free from every bit of hypocrisy. He'll set you free from every wrong thing that's in your life. He came to set us free. He is the truth. Number four, he, he, reveals, he reveals the method of his conquest. He said that I should bear witness unto the truth. You know, Christ never used weapons to set up his kingdom. Not at all. But old Muhammad did, didn't he? He used a sword. He shed a lot of blood trying to set up his kingdom. Catholicism, they had to put people on the racks and stretch their arms and legs out of joint, drive thumb screws through them, put them in the Iron Maiden, put them under the pendulum. I mean, they, you name it. They quartered them. They, they drawn and quartered them. They tied them to the stake and, and burned them. I mean, they did everything. All that. All that to try to set up their rule. Hundreds of cults have used intimidation, fear, threats. Truth doesn't need strong-arm tactics, you know. You don't have to threaten nobody when you got the truth. Somebody said, you wouldn't need 25,000 troops in Washington, D.C. if you won fairly. <laughs> what are you afraid of? You know, truth doesn't have to hide. Truth is not afraid. Truth stands on its own. The Spirit of God is our strength. Jesus never used position. He never used superstition. He never used ceremony. He never used anything other than just the truth. That's it. So what, 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 what truth did he witness to? Well, you hold it in your hands this morning. You hold it in your hands. And this is the way that Christ's kingdom is to be set up in the world. Telling the truth. That's it. Telling the truth. Witnessing to the truth. That's the only way. That's how we're to, that's how we're to continue to work, to, to edify and build up the body of Christ. Telling the truth. Being a witness. 
It's the reason the church came into existence. It's the reason that the Lord's church has gone into all the world, to grow God's kingdom by being witnesses to the truth. If that had not happened, you and I would not be sitting here this morning, that's for sure. We'd be lost as everybody else and on our way to hell had the Lord not established his church in the truth. I wish everybody in this room was a faithful witness all the time. I really do. I wish I was a faithful witness all the time. We've got to realize the church ain't going to witness. The individual does. We have to do it personally ourselves. Let's be a witness to the truth as this world drowns in lies. Let's be faithful to tell the truth to a world that's been deceived. And lastly, our Lord described his subjects. There in the end of verse 37, he said, Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. I just want to ask you a few questions this morning before we close. Are you a lover of the truth? Do you love the truth? Do you love to read it? Do you love to hear it preached? Do you love to sing about it? Do you love to meditate on it? Truth. Sometimes truth hurts. Sometimes truth cuts. Sometimes truth separates. No, it always separates. But truth is real, and truth is right. And if you ain't in line with the truth, you need to get in line with the truth. I need to get in line with the truth. This world is not in line with truth. And the only way they can know how to be is if those who hold the truth share the truth. You and I bear a very heavy weight and burden of responsibility in the hour that we live in. God has not called us to take up arms and charge the tyrants out of America. That's not our, that's not our call. Our call is to be beacons of truth, to be lighthouses, to be, to, to be, to be uh, loudspeakers of truth. And again, there's a time and a place. Everywhere is not the right place. All the time is not the right time. But when God opens up that moment, when God gives you that opportunity, we must witness and be an opportunity for somebody else to know the truth. Do you recognize Christ's voice when you hear it? He speaks in a small, still voice. He speaks reminding us of what his word said by his Holy Spirit. When you hear his voice, do you obey it? Do you yield to his voice? Or do you drown it out or put him off? People that love truth and know who Christ truly is will be sure to fall in love with him. And they'll listen to his voice. What did Jesus say? My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. This hour we live in is crucial. It's so crucial that we follow him. That we not listen to another voice. That we not let 
voices of those outside the sheepfold threaten us and and frighten us. We have got to keep our eyes on our shepherd. We have got to listen to his voice and follow his steps. Realize that down in the valley of the shadow of death, it's his rod and his staff that comfort us and protect us. It's a table that he spreads for us in the presence of our enemies. God has promised to lead us safely through that valley. You and I must keep our ears open and listening to the truth from the shepherd. Let's stand together. Again, this world doesn't know any of this. This world doesn't understand this. Just like just like uh, Pilate didn't understand it. Oh, he was a government. He was the government, and he was there to help. But he had no idea about truth. Let's look to the Lamb of God. Again, the donkey ain't going to save you, and the elephant ain't going to save you. You got to look to the Lamb. He's the truth. He's the way. He's the life. And nobody's going to come to God except through him. We're going to sing a song of invitation here in just a minute. We're going to sing number 40. I urge you to think about this. When was the last time that God put it on your heart to be a witness to somebody? When's the last time you you no, I'm not asking you to tell me. You answer yourself. You answer it back to yourself. When's the last time that you tried to witness for the Lord to somebody? Now I'm not saying you said, God bless you. I'm saying the last time you tried to witness to somebody. How long has it been? Has there been times since then the Lord wanted you to and you didn't? We've got to be faithful witnesses to the truth in this hour we live in. Let's pray. Father, help us. Lord, we, we're weak. Father, we, we, we're so, we, so, we fall short so bad. Lord, I pray, Lord, we know the truth. We know, we know Christ is the truth. We know, we know that he's our Savior. We know that you're all-powerful. We know that you're in control. Lord God, help us keep our eyes on the Lord. Help us keep our eyes on Christ. Help us keep walking forward and be a faithful witness for thee. Lord, help us to do our duty as a believer to edify the Lord's church, to rescue lost souls from hell. Father God, I pray you bless and you empower us. Help us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Number 40, trust and obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still. And with all who will trust and obey. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.